this is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having Rebecca Schoenfeld here with me. She is a mental health advocacy uh, leader, and she is also a life coach and also has personal experiences that she's going to share with us. So this podcast is going to be about you, about keeping your head, about getting the help that you need, understanding that life is difficult and we got to figure out pathways to make sure people are happy and you have some proven results that have worked for you and I want to make sure everyone knows about it and then they can reach out to you afterwards for continuing education and coaching. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So why don't we talk about your background first and then we can kind of go into some of your personal, um, you know, struggles and, and, and successes and then, you know, give some paint people a picture of they're not alone out there, even though they might think they are. They're not alone. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in New York City in Manhattan, had a great life, great parents. We were, I was very comfortable. I wanted for not much, but I always had, even from when I was very little, my mom says like she never knew who she was going to get, like which Rebecca she was going to get that day. Hmm. Um, I always just had like really deep seated anger and I went through high school. I went private school in Manhattan, not the easiest place to be. And I had a lot of, a lot of anger, a lot of resistance. I resisted teachers. I resisted friends. I, we weren't really sure why. I just thought I was angry. I went to college. I went, um, up to Union College in Schenectady, New York. Oh, I almost York. went there, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I was be- deciding, de- deciding between Emory and uh, and Union College, actually, with the oh. two. Schenectady is a, it was a great, it's a great place. Union was a great school. It's I very loved small it. school. Loved it. Though, very too. small school. Schenectady is, I hear it's better now than it was when I was there in gotcha. the early 2000s. And I loved college. I loved my friends. I still had a lot of struggles that I kept a secret. Did you did you not reach out to anyone or like I, when I was growing up, my my one of my cousins uh, used to go to therapy, mm-hmm. and this was back in like the late seventies, early eighties. So my mom made it seem like oh, cousin Bob's in therapy. So like if if you couldn't go to therapy unless you were like as crazy as cousin Bob, R.I.P. Rest in peace. But um, you know, so so I always I was always like taught. That like getting any kind of mental health or like having a conversation like that was like clinical and you were like one step away from like Bellevue. Right. So I always had like this negative, like I can't be as, like I'm not as crazy as that guy. Right. So like I, I kept everything inside as well. So did you have the same and that's view like, of therapy at the time? I, I did. did. You even think I, of like, well, I didn't think of it because I was just this teenager, young 20s, angry person. My mom thought of it. Mm-hmm. Look, mental illness runs in my family. My grandfather in the 70s was hospitalized when it was a very different time. And that was also the time when nobody spoke of it. No one yeah, knew. Exactly. It, was it was silence. Like taboo. Uh, yeah. yeah. So much shame associated with it. Right. So I started therapy. Yeah, probably I was about 18 when I first went. I, it didn't necessarily work for me back then because I wasn't committed to it. And I didn't think I needed it. I just hated everybody. I hated the doctor. He was terrible. It was his fault. Uh-huh. I went to college and I, freshman year was amazing, you know, and then I started to suffer 
the second part of freshman year, I started to really become depressed. And that's when I found, when my mom found me a new therapist on, and I was on break and she physically took me there because I was not going. And that's when things started to change. I started to get help. I, I was prescribed medication. And so I started to like gain a little more clarity onto what was going on with me, what was going on inside me. It was clearly something more than me just being an angry person. I really had panic disorder mm-hmm. and anxiety and depression. So I started working myself from a very young age and it, it was successful, but not like where I am now. Not, not like a that cure. Con- no, uh. not a cure. And I was still really resistant. I was still a kid and I didn't, I still didn't really understand what was happening. And so, yeah, that started my journey. It was about when I was like 17 or 18, I started the journey of therapy. Got it. it and did you slow. keep that kind of hidden besides, you know, from your immediate family and you kind of put on a happy face, yes. you know, to, to the rest of the world? Yeah. 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 No one knew. I, I People still say you are the best actress because no one really knew what was like really going on behind closed doors. And ever, my dad would used to say, you had temper to your tantrums. I was having panic attacks. Right. And I didn't even know. So no one knew. Yeah. No one knew what was going on mm-hmm. with me. It was not. Yeah. Even my college roommate, I'm sorry. Even my college roommate um, just recently found out all of these details because I did a, the web, a webinar and she said, we lived three feet away from each other. I knew some of what was going on but I had no idea Mm -hmm. like it was that bad. So if I could hide that from my college roommate, we literally lived in like a teeny tiny room, Mm -hmm. then I could hide it from everyone. Well, there are clearly millions of people have the same, you know, whether it's chemical or whether it's like genetic or, or or what have you. And and I probably it's only been over like the last five years, probably where, you know, it's now like, okay, I, I dated a woman and she went to therapy three days a week and she had, you know, issues with her mom and this and that. And, um, I said, you know, why do you go to therapy? Cause I had this like thing in my mind, like, you're not like cousin Bob, you're not crazy. Right. And, um, she said, uh, look, you go to the gym three days a week. I go, I go to the gym for my brain mm-hmm. three days a week and this is what I need. Yeah. So, and it helps me. So don't, don't, don't judge me right exactly. on that. Um, so, so what did you, what, what have you done recently to say, okay, look, here's my here's things that have worked for me and here's, you know, advice I've given to other people that's worked and how do we get that to become like a more of a process? Okay. So I had, I suffered a trauma about almost four years ago. I had, um, a miscarriage at, I was about 10 weeks pregnant. It was pretty awful the month leading up to it. And I had to have a DNC, Mm -hmm. which is a procedure and that was like totally life changing for me because the the day after I decided like I want to die, and that and I'm I went to the East River and I sat there and I really just contemplated how am I gonna live with like this pain. Hmm. Meanwhile, I had an almost three year old son at home and my husband, but I just I, I was like this is it I cannot live with this anymore. So. I ended up being admitted into a psychiatric hospital, which was the best thing that ever happened to me because there I was safe for that week. I was safe and we were able to kind of stabilize me. 
And then I was set up with new doctors. I started CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. which is like everything. And I think that anyone can benefit from cognitive Explain behavioral what that therapy. Is. So basically. Please. <laughs> so basically, it's a lot of really presencing yourself. I would, if I had an event or something coming up, I would sit with my therapist and I actually, they give you homework. Mm -hmm. So you would rate, well, what's, what do I expect is going to happen at this event? Like, is my anxiety going to be from a one to a 10? It would be, I would say, well, it would be a 10. This is going to be horrible for me. Like I'm, you know, socially totally scared. And, um, so then I would actually go to do the event or whatever it was, the gathering. And I would realize that it was not in fact a 10. The outcome was not, like it did not get to that point. So then you really almost debrief afterwards Mm -hmm. and really recognize that, okay, this is how I thought, this is what I was telling myself was going to happen, but this is what really happened. Mm -hmm. And I didn't die and I didn't, you know, nothing horrific happened to me from having to put myself in that position. So, and I think anyone in the world can benefit from that. So you really are forced to put yourself into discomfort, but to realize that it's not that uncomfortable Mm -hmm. afterwards. Was that because you felt like there, like my grandmother never went to any weddings. She didn't go to anybody's sweet 16. Like she would just not go to any place that there was more like 20 people. She just, that was, so it's just like how she was. My mom doesn't, hasn't flown, you know, in 30 years. You know, she's got a phobia of, of not having control. Right. Um, so, you know, as you kind of went through and say, okay, I'm going to prep for this event. Like, what, what were you trying to, what kind of boundaries were you able to put around your, like, did you have like a strategy to go into like a, an event or like, what did the, what did you look, how did you approach it? Just to give people like a tidbit of like how to think about like getting into something that where, you know, there might be you know, some kind of anxiety related to a situation. Right. So if I felt I had to really learn what my triggers were and recognize them and, and again, just stay very present to what is actually happening in this moment mm-hmm. versus what I think is, is going to, ha- is happening. So as you were preparing to go to some of these events and you knew like, okay, I've got a certain amount of anxiety that I know is going to happen you know, what kind of boundaries, you know, like what kind of playbook did you kind of put together for yourself just to give us like the tops of the waves of how you thought about so that? So I would actually practice with my therapist, we would role play. So like, how is, the, what is the conversation that you want to have with this person? If I said, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm worried about seeing this one person, there was a lot of times where it was like, I'm, I just don't want to see that one person. I don't, I don't small talk, you know, I can't do it. It's, so right. we would think of things to say. If I look, if I see Joe at this event and I know that that's going to trigger me because, you know, whatever happened in the past, then, okay, let's plan what, what am I going to say to Joe? What am I going to ask him? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to answer his question? So I was very, you really, I really prepared myself for situations in which I thought I would be triggered and it wasn't always successful and still isn't, mm-hmm. but it's, very helpful. Got it. It's been very helpful. So, so talk about some of the things you've done on the, the exercise side and the yoga side that kind of has, has helped you kind of get to where you are today as being like more of a coach and a mentor than actually, you know, 
dealing with this on your own? So I found yoga like three and a half years ago, which changed my life also. I have a very regular yoga practice, probably four times a week. And then the other days I'm doing some other kind of workout. I really start my day. I have to start my day with exercise so that Mm -hmm. I kind of can, you know, ground myself and also like get the endorphins kicking. So I exercise is very important. It also gives me a lot of confidence. So that's helpful. Mm -hmm. And diet and my, and I really became obsessed with food and nutrition. And now I'm really into the gut brain connection because Mm -hmm. what you eat directly impacts what happens in your brain. Sure. So I try to keep a very clean diet. I really like sweets. So I definitely have chocolate every day, but, um, I try to keep a clean diet so that I'm lowering the inflammation in my body so that I'm not, it's not, I'm not reacting and I'm not impact, like affecting my brain, my mood, mm-hmm. um, exercise, mindfulness. So meditation plays a big part in my, played a big part in my recovery and plays a big part now. Even if it's stopping on the street and take closing your, go to the side of the sidewalk, obviously, but, <laughs> and I close my eyes. And even if I have to just take two breaths to yeah. bring myself down, back mm-hmm. down, then I do that. And I think that that presence is like my favorite word. And it's really what I try to practice the most is really just being super aware of what's going on in my mind and in my body and keeping myself kind of grounded and not letting myself go to a place that is not going to be productive. And it's just going to like force me to end up probably in bed Mm -hmm. for whoever knows. So as you have more by the way i love that they call it yoga practice because I, I always love going to soccer practice and like i feel like i miss no, like going yoga, to practice right yoga is like, a practice they call it that yeah. because you're never going to perfect it oh. and there's always more okay. so it's, it's good practice. to know it's a, yes. i like it i like it <laughs> um you know most people uh, obviously you've like allocated the time that you need to to, to this and i think in the city you know, people are just running a hundred miles an hour. You know, you got your to-do list. You've got your, you know, I want to try and get five hours of sleep. I want to try and do this. I want to try and get this event. So, you know, what's some of the advice that you give to people or how do you like, how do you get them to like actually slow down and say, look, if you don't take care of yourself, like all these other things are, are you're not going to enjoy it. There's no quiet no. enjoyment of anything else. Right. So, even I would say, even I am the, the busiest person running to the subway. There's always five minutes. What are you doing on the subway? You can just put a meditation app on or put Mm -hmm. music that you know is going to calm you down instead of like playing the game or, you know, scrolling through Instagram. What is something that's going to serve you Mm -hmm. instead of something that's just going to waste your time and your like brain power? So even sit on the subway, put your earphones in or even not if you don't have earphones, just close your eyes and take four deep breaths. And when you're concentrating on that breathing, you're not concentrating on anything else. And that really gives you the time to, again, ground. I keep saying it, but again, like bring yourself back down. Um, Also, I believe that, and I know I'm just, people are going to probably think I'm ridiculous, but there is time. Like you can make time for everything and you 
must make time for self-care. So even if you have to wake up 30 minutes earlier mm -hmm. and do a workout that you can watch on your computer or stream or anything that, even if you wake up 15 minutes earlier and have a cup of tea, just anything, you can make time to do things for yourself, even when you think that there's no time at all. Mm -hmm. So you took a nutritious uh, life, uh, nutrition school. Um, how did that, how, how, how do you feel like that's now integrated into what you're doing and, and the education you have now and how are you using that? So that was a really amazing experience. Carrie is wonderful. And I learned so much through that program, not only about nutrition, but about business and marketing. And so it really is what kickstarted, you know, my real interest in nutrition. And I started, I really learned, you know, the basics because I really didn't have, I don't have a background in nutrition. Mm -hmm. I went to school for art history. So I learned a lot of the basics about nutrition. It opened my eyes to the gut brain connection. Mm -hmm. It also opened me up to this network of people that support me and just like-minded individuals. And we all support each other and hold each other high. And that's really important. I'm, you know, I struggled with my confidence. This has given me so much confidence to now share what I have learned with other people who need to learn, who may not, you know, commit to doing a nutritious life program or something like that. Just anyone. I just talked, it's just, it was so much fun. That's great. Yeah. So on a continuing basis, there are like Facebook groups and mm -hmm. other, you know, you're asking questions to people and there's like, you know, it never crowdsourcing. Ends. Yeah. It never ends. There's Facebook, there's the Instagram group, there's everything. Carrie has wellness events that you don't have to be a nutritious life studio alum to, um, to attend. Mm -hmm. So anyone can attend those. I'm actually going to sit on a panel for her oh, in a few weeks. Yeah. Thank Excellent. you. So as you think about, you know, where you've, where you've been and where you are today and say, okay, look, I want to turn this into a profession, whether that's, you know, Hey, I'm going to put together a business plan. I'm going to come up with a brand and I'm going to put up a website and this and that, or you're just saying, you know, look, I'm, I know that there's a lot of people in my orbit that need my help and I just got to find out who they are. They got to find out about me. Mm -hmm. Um, so how do you think about that as you, you, you're in this city that everyone's talking about, Oh, I got this startup. I got, you know, this business or, you know, some, give me your business card. How do you kind of recalibrate? Cause I, I feel like everyone reads the newspaper and, you know, goes online and says, Oh, this company's going public and this company got VC financing. But like at the end of the day, it's like, all right, it's people helping other people, mm -hmm. you know, in their communities to, you know, for them to be better and for you to be, you know, that support mechanism. So how do you think about, you know, starting up whatever you want to start up and, and maybe starting it up based on what you want it to be, not mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, Danny, they'll, Give me, give me a PowerPoint and let's put together a plan and let's, you know, see if this web address is available. So how do you think about that? Because I think there's this generation now of like, hey, we can all be self-employed professionals and we'll just work when we want to work and we'll, you know, get paid through PayPal or Venmo or what have you. And um, so how do you think about that? And you have a family and you've got kids to raise. So, you know, give us a little lens into your aspirations, but also like, hey, I'm going to do it my way. Like you've been doing things your way for a long time. <laughs> So how do you think about that? Uh, so since I've shared my story recently, I'm learning that 
that's the way to be. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be my most authentic self and share myself with, with everyone I basically have. And in turn, people are opening up, are finding the, I guess, the courage and the space to open up themselves. Mm-hmm. And I've been contacted by people from all walks of my life now to meet for coffee. Oh, I didn't know we were so similar. Oh, you know, my son is, this is going on with him. What, you know, what do you recommend? And I'm not a doctor, but I've gone through a lot. I have a lot of tools that have worked for me. So I'm coming at this. I'm just going to share with you, with everybody, myself. Mm -hmm. This is what happened to me. This is what I've done. These are the tools that work for me. Try them. Hopefully something will work for you. And if not, we'll find something else and we'll keep going. But I just, it's so important now I learned that to be honest mm-hmm. and open and make people and create a safe space where people feel like they can also be honest and open. So that's really my drive right now. That's what's driving me. Yeah. So I had, when someone um, comes to you to start and they, you know, they're, they're trying to compete with their, you know, their friends, you know, highlight reel, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they post and things of that nature. How do you... Um, you know, obviously you're telling them, you're, you're telling that person your story. Um, but you're also, you know, you also got to let them know you're not going to win every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is part of life. Even though we're on a planet that's going 66,000 miles an hour. Not many people know that uh, around the sun. Okay. Um, you know, like it's good to be alive yeah. and, you know, like just kind of like calm down, take a deep breath and, you know, let's, let's figure out how you can exist here because it should be a happy existence like where you got freedom right. <laughs> which is not 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 everybody has it on the planet so let's start start with your freedom mm-hmm. and then figure out like what what you want your day to look like instead of what somebody else tells you it should be so what i've learned recently is that i don't i don't invite people into my life that or things into my life that aren't going to serve me mm-hmm. right and help me achieve my best life and my goals So when you're looking at Instagram and you're just finding yourself hating on people who have things that you want or, you know, you're constantly comparing yourself, I say, don't follow that person. Mm -hmm. Unfollow. Anyone that's not serving you or anything that's not bringing something to to your life that's going to help you be productive and reach your goals, like, goodbye. That's how I feel about that. And that has been so helpful for me. I mean, I have unfollowed no offense to people I unfollowed, but so many people. Don't worry, they're not listening. Okay, bye. Right. So, okay. <laughs> and that is really brought. Do they get so a much- notice when they when you unfollow them or no? No, they don't get a notice, do they? They don't get a notice. No, but they know. I guess they. They know, know. when they lose you. Oh my god! They know when they lose me. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, okay, well, yes, now we got that clear. Obviously. obviously, okay, that's good. <laughs> um, but I've really let go of a lot that hasn't helped. That's not going to help me achieve my goal. So I would, I would invite other people to do the same. And that's what I've been sharing with the people that I've been talking to lately a lot about. So as you see, you know, whether it's like the opioid crisis going on and, and like there's actually real investment going in, not just public money, but private money going into mental health and, you know, preventative, you know, activities and things of that nature. Well, how do you view... Over the next couple of years, you know, where do you see like the next wave? Do you see like a, um, you know, like a retail uh, store that that turns into like instead of a fitness, instead of a soul cycle, it's like, you know, soul therapy. You know, we just kind of sit here and we're just like, hey, let's kind of get back to the basics and we're going to sit around a room here and it's going to be 
you know, we don't need to have, to have an alcohol addiction that we're fighting, but we're just going to sit here and we're just going to talk. Like yeah. people used to talk and make like iced tea and lemonade and sit on a porch and be like, Hey, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling fine. actually talk in person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do, do you see that that might be like the next phase or do you feel like people will say right now people say, okay, I got a life coach or I got a business coach. Right. But I don't think, but they're really like kind of sugarcoating what they really have, which is like basically, you know, like a, ther- like an old school therapist, yeah. which is nothing wrong with that. No. So do, do you feel like the next, you know, do you feel like we're on like a good trajectory and it's going to steamroll in, in our favor? Or do you feel like there's still like a stigma attached to it and we're still fighting people to be honest with themselves? Look, there's still a stigma. There surely is because people are still hiding their, their stories and their reality. I think that we're on a great path. I mean, now there's, there's so much help accessible now online, mm-hmm. talk space. There's all these different places where you can find a therapist online. I get it still online, but it's something that makes it more accessible on a larger scale. Because therapy is expensive. Yeah. It can be really yeah. expensive. As people keep opening up and sharing their own stories and their own authenticity and making other people feel like that's okay and they can do that, we're on a great path mm-hmm. to do that. And I think that the internet is really, it's its a double-edged sword, right? It's like you're constantly comparing yourself to people that you see online who are really only showing the best version of themselves. Sure. But at the same time, you can also access a lot of help. So it's tough. Like, you know, you can, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's your responsibility, which way you're going to choose right, to right. go. I mean, I think, and, and just one thing to note here that, um, you know, the reason why you cry is because you have feelings, right? So like you, you're not supposed to be happy all the time. Um, so, you know, sometimes if people say, Oh, I'm having a bad week, it's like, okay, well that's life. You know, you're not, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win every day. And that's how you um, learn. Yeah. So, you know, I think part people need to calibrate, now, like if, if you have something that you're that that's you have anxiety about or you're suffering from and you can get help, but also understand that like the life's kind of a roller coaster and it's like meant to be that way. So you can feel like the joys are actually like special and the lows like that's part of like your existence. So how do you kind of help people? You've kind of touched on this already, but to say, hey, look, you know, I'm glad you reached out to me. You've told me what your situation is and trust me, like you're, you're okay. Just like go to yoga, take four deep breaths and like, you know, eat an apple and call me in two weeks, you know, (laughs) pretty much. That's what works for everyone. Right. Um, it's like, I, I, everyone needs to hit a hard time to learn. Like when I hit rock bottom and that's the only way that I could come up now and be where I am. Mm -hmm. So I think Losing is very important. It's just as important as winning, if not more important, because that's where you learn your lessons. If you just always have wins, you're not going to learn anything, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot, but I just really invite people also to accept that that's happening, right? So don't fight. If you're you're having a bad week and you feel like you're losing, that's okay. Like, feel those feelings, right? But then let them go and figure out how you're going to get out of that and where you're going to go and what you're going to do to get yourself there. Mm-hmm. So feel the bad feelings and go through that and then let it go and leave it behind and keep moving. And so all I can do is offer tools and what works for me, like I said, but I think that that's really important. It's really important to experience the losses and then learn from them and then move on and then say, okay, here, where am I going from here? 
Great. This is how I'm going to do it. So how do people get in touch with you? Um, you can check out my Instagram, Rebecca Schoenfeld. All right. And if you follow her, do not unfollow her. Because, do not unfollow me because yeah. I will know. Yeah. And we're coming after you. Yeah. Um, in a good way okay. to, to bring you back. <laughs> um, and then you can email me, Rebecca at RebeccaSchoenfeld.com. I'm surprised I was available. Excellent. Yeah, it's a very popular name. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm, my website is in under construction right now, but it is RebeccaSchoenfeld.com. Excellent. So to continuous improvement, to raising your hand if you got something that's bothering you, and let's try and help everyone fix whatever problems that they can solve. And I think helping one person is a domino effect to the rest of the world. It takes one person and then that one person to help the next person. And it's very, I find, I think it's very, very important, like you said, to raise your hand and, you know, say, look, I'm having, this is happening to me right now. And there are plenty of people that have had a similar experiences. You know, I'm, I actually just met a woman who started an organization who's pairing mentors with mentees. And it's not like a big brother, big sister kind of thing. It's like me, if I'm having, you know, in my depression, she has men, mentors that have had similar struggles or mm-hmm. experiences. So there's always someone out there and it's called share on. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it's always, there's always someone out there that can understand you on that level. So all you, and it's hard, but you, you get to raise your hand and make a request like for support and don't be scared. Yeah. There, so, uh, be, before we part here, I was, um, uh, I was watching this Mayo clinic, uh, Netflix, uh, documentary. And, you know, it's like 90 miles outside of Minneapolis is where they started the Mayo Clinic. And it was like in partnership with the church. And they basically decided that one doctor cannot see one patient. Like we have to have like five or six doctors and and everyone's advice. Mm -hmm. And then there were two brothers and one of the brothers would go if he heard that someone was doing a surgery somewhere, he'd go and 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 he would go and like watch the surgery. And then they'd have people come and they would basically set up almost like it was like a bat. It looked like a basketball court, like a half court basketball court. And they had like bleachers where other doctors can come and see how they did the surgery. And they basically created best practices by having all these other voices and all these other minds in the room to say, okay, how can we do this better? You know, how can we increase the, the outcomes? So it sounds like we're kind of in a, in a tidal wave here in a good way that mental health is now kind of a group solving you know, what, what everyone's issues are that we've been all been keeping, you know, to ourselves because we don't want it to, you know, blemish our, our highlight reel. So exactly. And there's also like sites like the mighty is another really great resource to Mm -hmm. find if you are going through something, anything, there's at least probably 50 people on there that have gone through the same thing. The mighty is really, I use it all the time. Okay. So that's another resource that I would invite people to check out. Got it. Great. Well, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your your story and your your life and your authenticity and um, your desire to help a lot of people. So we're, we want to help you as much as we can. And uh, and we'll get you on a couple of panels. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Good to see you. You too.